thing that you went through for this life that I call mine. And you were always there to pick me up when I would fall. I hope that you can say it was worth it all. It was worth it Isn't that beautiful? Wow. Let's see how this feels. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. Verses, verse 39 and 40, and 51 and 52. If there ever was a pattern for the purpose of a home, this is it. Verse 39, we're talking about Mary and Joseph. And Jesus. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child, that is Jesus, grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Verse 51. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and in favor with man. Shall we pray? Father, I pray that we might have more homes that purpose to build their homes on your purpose. And Father, I pray that as we look at this particular subject, that it will be an encouragement to everyone here. It will be an instruction to all of us. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through your word and through your preacher. Lord, let it be you and your spirit at work in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. I've given, uh, a few years ago, I gave part of these family instructions to you.
But if we're going to talk about home improvement, we have to put these few things in there. You know, I'm here to tell you that the home is not dead. The home is not outdated. The home is not out of style. The home is not finished. The home was established by God, and He hasn't changed His format yet. And if God hasn't changed it, we're not going to change it. And man's ideas, when they are not in agreement with God, are just that, man's ideas. And remember that man is sinful, depraved, and he doesn't think right. See, when man messes with God's plan, he really makes a mess. <laughs> and he always does it to his own hurt. So what's the purpose of a home? If you're going to have a home with a purpose, what is the purpose? I know some people think that the purpose is bed and breakfast. And they think that's all there is to the home, just bed and breakfast. Some people think home is a place where you go when you don't have anywhere else to go. And you don't have anything else to do. Some people think that home is a place where everybody takes care of you and you don't take care of anybody else. But God said there, there is so much more. So there's four things that I would like you to do in your home in order to make it the kind of home that would please God. First of all, Roman numeral one, make your home a refuge from the storms of life. A refuge from the storms of life. Bible says in Proverbs 14, 26, he who lives in the fear of the Lord his children shall have a place of refuge. That's another way of saying that when your home is a godly home, your children are safe there. They like to be there. You know, I wonder if your home is like that. Jesus really plainly taught there would be storms in life, didn't he? Some real storms. I can remember going to school and can't believe this, but I got picked on. There were some people who didn't like me. They used to make fun of me and stuff. I couldn't help it if I stunk. You know, but I'd go home. Let me tell you about home for me. And I've told you this before, many of you, but it was really three bedrooms in the past linoleum floors that were wore out in the middle so you could see the wood. That small, I mean, uh, our living room was so small that it was smaller than our bedroom is today. And there was room for a dresser and a couch and a wood stove and a rocking chair. And with nine, eleven of us, I mean, living in the house, you know, you didn't always get a seat. And you go in the kitchen and it was so small that when we all sat down to eat, you could not move anything because you had to get in in order and get out in order. And you know, if you'd have had to throw up and you, and you were sitting where I was, it would have been a mess right there because there, you couldn't get out. But there was something about my home that was wonderful. It was a refuge. And I loved to go home and just be there. And you knew it was secure. I remember coming out of high school, we were 
Uh, we were having a, uh, a Thanksgiving get-together, and, and all nine of us kids, and a couple of them were married, and my mother and dad, and we were all there. And I'm thinking, oh, I hope this never, ever quits. It was special. It was a refuge. You see, there are storms in life, aren't there? All kinds of them come your way, you know, financial and physical and emotional and intellectual and, and, and things like that. I remember one time there was a little storm that came my way. I got in a fight with David. David Laudabon and we got in a lot of fights. One day we got in a stone fight. He stood on his side of the road. I stood on my rough side. We threw, threw stones at each other. I mean, real stones. Until I hit him. <laughs> One day we got in a fight, and we were going to fight. And uh, my brother told me how to be strong. My older brother said, if you eat onions, it'll make you strong. <laughs> so Dave and I are going to fight, you know, and, and I said, just a minute. I ran out to our garden. I got a bunch of onion tops. I just started. <laughs> I ran back to David's house, and I said to his mother, where's David? She says he's in the house. I go in the house. He's up on the piano eating onions. <laughs> our mothers were laughing so hard they couldn't stand up. <laughs> but there are some big storms that we go through in life. And change is a big storm, isn't it? What kind of change? A change that says, today you're whole and healthy, and tomorrow you're sick. That's a storm, folks. I think the Fullers are going through a storm today. You know, graduation is a kind of a storm, isn't it? I mean, you know, you're all excited and everything, and finally you go up there, you get that thing, and everybody has a party, and then you go home, and you say, now what do I do? Jobs are storms, and, and if you move, it's a storm. Our kids, they, they understand that. Kelly went to eight different schools. Last thing he said I remember about our house was, Every time you guys, every time another kid graduates, you guys move. <laughs> but the truth is, what he really said was, uh, doesn't matter where we live, home is where you are. You know what you need to do no matter what the storm that comes into your kid's life? Whatever the change, make sure that one thing always stays the same, that it's safe at home. Did you know failure is a storm? Did you know your kids may not always win? They may not always hit a home run. They may not always get all A's. That sometimes they'll lose and sometimes they'll fail. Make your home safe. One of our boys started into geometry and, and uh, he, he didn't... He didn't mind his P's and Q's. He was a good student, but he just, geometry, if you don't stay up with it, you get behind, folks. And he's halfway through the first semester, and he's getting D's and E's. And so we arranged a meeting with the teacher and him. 
And uh, we were able to sit down and talk about it. And I said to the teacher, I said, you know, he can't catch up. I said, in geometry, when you get this far behind, there's no way. I said, will you let him drop the class without a grade and take it next year? And they set that up. And I said to Ken, Ken, did you learn anything? I wasn't going to tell you his name. I just did. <laughs> I said, did you learn anything? He said, yeah, I learned I'm going to do better next year. He got A's the next year. I'm telling you that to tell you that later he told me, he said, Dad, that was the best thing you could ever have done, was not get all over my case, but make me feel safe, even in failure. You know, sometimes, wives, your husband gets turned down for a job or a promotion or something like that. He needs to be able to come home and be safe. Sometimes your husband goes out into the world and he's probably, he might be battling people all day long and he needs to be able to go home and be safe. Everything doesn't go like you planned on. That's a storm. I also think that rejection is a storm. Nobody likes to be rejected. Nobody likes to be put down. Nobody likes to be ridiculed. Criticized. I really, I have a lot of sympathy for people who are being ridiculed. Only because of the way that I grew up. And I, you know, we laughed about me stinking, but it's true. Until I got to be all about in the sixth grade. Folks, I've told you this. I never had a toothbrush till I was a senior in high school. Didn't know you're supposed to use one. And people used to, younger years, they make fun of me. After a while, I got big and tough, and so I'd beat them up so nobody bothered me. <laughs> that tends to produce that, by the way. And then I finally learned how to clean myself up a little bit. But you know what? I realized it was a small school, but not one girl and my class would date me. I asked them. I could date thousands of girls everywhere else. <laughs> well, once or twice, anyway. <laughs> but, they, but they wouldn't because of this. I was with them for 13 years, and they remembered me what I was. And rejection isn't fun. But you know what was true for me? I was always safe at home. And everybody goes through rejection sometime or another. You know, kids are cruel. They go through some tough things at school. And you can remember maybe in your life some of the things that you went through. That's why it's so important to make your home a refuge when there are storms. Make your home a place where you can come home and cry and it's okay. Make your home a place where you can come home and, and, and fail, and it's okay. That you can come home and talk about your failure, and it's okay. What can you do to make your home a refuge? It's called love. Unconditional love. Always acting with the other person's best interest 
in mind. It's taking time to listen, taking time to touch, taking time to help. See, God wants your home to be a shelter in a time of storm. Your child, your husband, your wife, whoever it is, ought to be able to come in the door of your house and go, I made it. I'm safe here. I'm afraid in a lot of homes, they're under the attack. They come in the door. Maybe that's why a lot of men spend a lot of time in the tool shed. I don't know. Number two, make your home a training center for life. A training center. You see, in the home is where you learn. You learn how to walk. You learn how to talk. You learn how to eat. You learn how to have manners. You learn how to say yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, please, thank you. You learn those things in the home, and I'm going to tell you, if you don't learn them in the home, you probably won't practice them all your life. I came across this. What my mother taught me. My mother taught me logic. She said, if you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me. My mother taught me about medicine. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. My mother taught me to think ahead. If you don't pass your spelling test, you'll never get a good job. My mother taught me ESP. Put your sweater on. Don't you think that I know when you're cold? My mother taught me to meet a challenge. She said, what were you thinking? Answer me when I talk to you. Don't talk back to me. My mother taught me humor. She said, when that lawnmower cuts your toes off, don't come running to me. (laughs) My mother taught me how to become an adult. don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up. My mother taught me about genetics. She said, you are just like your father. (laughs) My mother taught me all about anticipation. She said, just wait until your father gets home. (laughs) My mother taught me about justice. She said, one day you will have kids. And I hope they turn out just like you. (laughs) Then you'll see what it's like. The truth is, our home needs to be a training center for life. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, or in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's our responsibility, to bring them up. And we need to do that in a way that pleases God, and we need to move them, as I've so often said, from a place of total control to a place of influence. Control when they are an infant, influence when they are adult. We need to teach them to fear us when they are an infant so they will respect us when they are an adult because if we don't do that, they will not respect us or any other authority. But if you don't do it when they're an infant, you're going to almost impossible to do it later on. 
You need to do that. You need to have as a goal for your family that your children grow intellectually. You don't have to do all of the educating, but you are responsible for them being educated. That they grow spiritually. That they grow socially. That they grow physically. Jesus grew in wisdom. That's intellectually and in stature. That's physically and in favor with God. And that's spiritually and in favor with man. That's socially. It's important that you do that. There are three things that your children will not leave home without. Very important things. Your children will not leave home without relationships. You learn how to relate in your house. Did you know that in your home? I, I think there is an advantage to a larger family. And I'm not advocating everybody have large families, but there is an advantage. There's a disadvantage, being so cotton-picking poor. But there's an advantage. The advantage is you learn personal skills, relationship skills. I mean, it didn't matter which one of the kids that I wanted to get in a fight with and beat up. There was somebody bigger that would come and get me. I mean, it just didn't pay to fight with others around our house. It didn't pay to lose your temper. But you can't be raised in my house, and you can't raise your kids in my house. But you can teach your kids right and wrong. You can teach them manners. You can teach them how to relate to other people. You know, the corporations are looking for some good people. For management, for leadership, for responsible position. And do you know what the number one thing they're looking for? People with people skills. And if you're raising a lone child, you have a challenge to help that child learn people skills, but because it's hard to learn people skills all alone. Doesn't mean it can't be done, because I've seen it done. It just means that as a parent, you need to understand that being able to get along with other people is so important. You won't leave home without character either. Character. Everybody's got one, you know. <laughs> got some. Everybody's a character in some way or another. Someone said, like father, like son. Character is more caught than taught. It's, it's, it's sort of like you, you watch someone else and you determine things and you, and, and, and you become a certain person by what you go through and, and who you're exposed to. Character. You won't leave home without values either. Your values concerning the opposite sex, your values concerning work, your values concerning time, your values concerning how to manage money, your values concerning play and God and everything else. You're going to learn that in the home. That's why you need to make your home a training place for life. By the way, let me say this about your values. Children do not pick up what you do as much as they pick up what you, I mean, excuse me, what you say as much as they pick up what you do. But they do not pick up what you do 
as much as they pick up why you do what you do. That's your values. That's the thing that motivates you. That's the thing that drives you. And your children are, are, are watching that. And they're seeing why you do what you do. And if you're doing good things with a selfish motive, they'll pick up that selfish motive. You ever had someone say, I'm not going to impose my spiritual values on my kids? I'm going to let them decide for themselves. That's baloney. That's not good theology. That's bad. Because what that is saying really is God is an option. God is not an option. God is. It's just a matter of whether your children are going to know him and walk with him and relate to him or whether they are not going to. Here's one of the things you can do to help train your children. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 says, And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. What that verse is really saying is time in the Word of God is a way of life. Not something you just read. Not something you do on Sunday. Not something you do during devotion. He said, it, it's really saying in a nutshell, it's a way of life. Now, do we do this in our homes? I'm not sure we do. I think maybe we spend too much time watching TV. Your child, they tell me, in America watches about a thousand hours of TV a year. And you could sit down and calculate that out. You know, 52 weeks in a year and seven days in a week. And you can just say, okay, my child watches. Whatever it is, it'll, blow up, it'll, it'll just blow your mind. By the time you've reached 18, you have watched about 18,000 hours of television. And by the time you reach the age of 65, you will have watched TV for nine and a half years of your life. But if you take your kids to church once a week for 65 years, they will have four months of Bible teaching. Nine and a half years versus four months. Who you think is getting through? Listen, it's important that we determine to make our home a learning center for God. Roman numeral three, make your home a fun place to be. I'm telling you folks, uh, that's so important. It ought to be fun to be at your house. I'm glad that you folks didn't come sneaking around our, our house when our kids were growing up uh, at dinner time. You'd have thought we were crazy. They were laughing all the time. I can remember one time. Kenny was uh, showing Jackie food. You know, ABC food? And I said to him, I said, and we're sitting there and I said, now I don't like that. 
That's one of the things I didn't like. I said, Ken, don't do that. I turned my head and he'd do it again. I'd say, Ken, I said, don't do that. He did it again. I said, don't do that. He did it one more time. I had a glass of milk sitting there and I went, <laughs> all over his face. Scared the liver out. I'm not recommended that as punishment. <laughs> And then in a little bit, we were laughing so hard, we could hardly sit down or stand up. <laughs> we were having some fun, <laughs> I guess for me. <laughs> but it really ought to be a place where you can laugh. Um, I, I, I don't know, I'm gonna, I can't give you a chapter and verse for this, so I'll just tell you, it, it worked at our house. I said, guys, I know when you go to school or you get around other guys, you're gonna hear some jokes. And I said, um, you can't hardly help it. And I said, they aren't going to be clean. I said, Let, let's do something. Don't, when you hear a joke, don't tell anybody. Come home and tell me. And they'd come home and tell me, and that would be the end of it. And folks, uh, it needs to be safe at home, a place where you can laugh and have a good time, and kickbacks, and relax. You know, I wonder how many homes are fun to be in. I mean, do your kids think of it when they get home? Is it a, a screaming uh, maniac place, or is it a place they walk in the door and say, this is fun around here. If it's not, you need to work at it some. The family that has fun stays together. How can you have fun in your home? Learn to enjoy your family. Learn to see them as a gift from God. Turn off the TV a lot. Get to know each other. Accept less than perfection. Laugh with them, not at them. Don't be afraid to laugh at yourself. You know, all the years I was preaching, if my kids were sitting there, especially the teenagers, I couldn't look at them. Because, now my wife, she's good, she don't do this, but the kids, they were terrible. If I made one little slip, and I looked at them, they'd, they'd just start laughing and they'd poking their finger. <laughs> but that was all right with me. But don't you all start it. Do fun things with them. Do fun things with your mate. And then finally, make your home a place of preparation for ministry. See, a lot of people think the home is a preparation for sports, for a social life, for a career. Really haven't even thought about it at all. But I'm telling you that parenting primarily is discipleship. Lead your child to put their faith in Christ. Get them involved in the church. And get them and train them in the word of God. You see, God has a ministry. For each and every one of us. Teach your children that. 
Let's say, you know, you're going to grow up and someday you might do something in the church. Listen, if, it's, if your child is a Christian, guess what? They have a ministry. You just got to figure out what it is and get them involved in it and help them succeed at it. Teach them, one, they have a ministry. Teach them, two, that this ministry is from the Lord. And teach them that there is accountability and responsibility and doability that they can do it. How about becoming a team ministry as a family? I know you can spend too much time in church. I understand that. I'm very sensitive to that. But I also know at the other end is not enough time and not doing anything and not growing in the Lord at all. Our, 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 our kids growing up were in the church, in church, constantly. You say, yeah, you're the pastor. Your kids have to be. You ask Jackie or you ask the kids, they'll say they didn't have to be. They were just there. And to this day, I don't think they were there too much. Become a ministry team. Model a servant spirit. Serve others. Let them get the idea that life is not all being served. Rather, it's serving others. It's not what can I get. It's what can I give. Let's make sure that in your home that it's a safe place. It's a learning place. It's a fun place. It's a discipleship place. Would you stand with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for establishing the home. Lord, we want to praise you for that. Thank you for putting us each in a home, and whatever home that you've had us in, help us to go from there and begin to build a relationship with you that counts for you. And Lord, help us all, and especially those parents here, and those moms and dads with children in their home, help them become better parents, better stewards. Help them, Lord, to have a home with a purpose. And that is to be a home that glorifies you in all that it does. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you take your hymn books, please, and turn to hymn number um, 363. We'll sing the first stanza.
all God's people said.